Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Vision. I'm your host, John, along with first-time returning host, Sean. How's it going? Good to be back. Hey, glad to have you. We got some positive responses. People reached out. They said, hey, that kid got the stuff. You got the right stuff. I do. And thank you. All right. That's good. That's good. I, I've actually heard recently too that you you need to cool your jets a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't, but I do. It's, uh, <laughs> allegedly, I do, but yeah. allegedly, yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, because they haven't been at our hockey games, uh, which is uh, most people, Sean uh, has a recent string of getting tossed out of the game, and a new uh, referee in the league that is not not a fan. What do you say? You have a reputation. Yeah, he's repped about eight of my games, and I've been tossed out once and only had one penalty. So Fuck apparently, em. that's a reputation, and it was <laughs> warranted. So I don't yeah. even. Yeah, whatever. Hey. He's a nobody. Hey, you got to cool your jets. All right, back to the yeah. back to the topic at hand here. The people don't give a shit about our adult league hockey. I don't even give a shit about it no more. No, I do. We're going to win a championship. Put that down. Write that down. Send that to the papers. Um, but no, uh, we, we have a, a real good one here for you. And if anyone ever says that we're not multicultural, we'll point to them to this episode because fuck them. Because guess what? We're reviewing a South Korean film here. We don't even speak Korean. The South Korea, like, I don't mean this in, in, I guess it technically would be an ignorant way, but I think Korean it's the official Korean. language Korean. Yeah. I but believe so. Obviously, they're they, going to have different dialects. Yeah, that's what was my next question. So in North Korea, would it just be still Korean, but with a different dialect? Like how in yeah. Germany, like Germany has, like in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, like the three main um, countries that speak German, like it's all different dialects. I mean, look at like in the that. U.S. I mean, people from New York and people from like Mississippi and Alabama talk different. Hey, and in the U.S., we speak American. <laughs> yeah you ever go you go down to the bayou you can't understand them half the time though. they got like a mix of like five languages that they're speaking they got too much swamp in their mouth like bobby boucher's defensive uh defensive coach for water boy just spitting gibberish well you, you spent some time down in mississippi i have i guess i was i was just trying to yeah, trying to give you credit it. for being being away. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right, we're already we're already veering off here. We're veering off, but uh, yeah, the movie that uh, we checked out this week. Well, I'm actually glad because little backstory, Sean, you randomly brought it up. Like, have you ever seen this movie? And I've been trying since we came up with this podcast to get Bug, even Al, anybody to watch this movie. And from an outsider's perspective, looking in, if if you saw like uh, a South Korean zombie movie, you'd be like, uh, "What the fuck? Like, I'm not watching that. Like, this this doesn't have any chance of being any good." And, right. Uh, spoiler alert: This movie's like a fucking masterpiece. It is. Yeah. Like that's why I when, brought it up. I was like, I I didn't know movie, anyone had seen it. Yeah, the movie's the uh, Train to Busan. And when this first came out in 2016, I just remember all the hype, all the people, like even like people in Hollywood were hyping it up. Like this is must watch. This movie's great. And I was like, how many times have you heard like a movie's awesome? Then you watch it and you're like this, that was bullshit. It was all hype. Like this lives up to the hype. And then some like this movie, like we'll, we'll, 
I always get this and say, well, we'll talk about it later. But the, the truth is, if you, if you just shut the podcast off here right now and just go watch it, like, we're only going to have rave things to say about this. Like, it's a great fucking film. For sure. Um, but that being said, uh, normally we, we'll talk about, like, the director and cast. Um, most people aren't going to know what's the the other works that these people have done. And I'll be blatantly honest with uh, the audience out there. Um, as if you've listened to the other podcasts, you know that I cannot pronounce names worth a shit unless it's the plain English John Doe or something like I'm just, I'm garbage at it. So, uh, I'm really not going to try to pronounce their names, not out of disrespect, but almost out of respect. Cause I don't want to butcher them that bad. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, I guess we'll hop right into it here. Uh, the movie came out 2016. In uh, let me see if it says in the U.S. because I know it was July in uh, South Korea. It did have a small box office in the United States as well as Canada, North America. Uh, grossed 2.1 million here, so on a limited release, that's pretty good. As well as its total wor- worldwide gross was 98 uh, million, which uh, the, for a budget of eight million, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good return on your investment. I don't know if you're like a dollars guy, Sean, but kind of a good deal. I like money. I'd like to get more of it. I keep <laughs> the cup above the refrigerator. I like to put more in that cup. That's where you come in. <laughs> uh, you you know. Um. <laughs> It also went on to be the highest grossing Korean film in Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Singapore, uh, as well as it had a record 11 million viewers in South Korea itself. So the movie was highly successful. I know this isn't a, a great thing to go by, Rotten Tomatoes, but take it for what it is. But it had a 94% with 115 critics, giving it a positive review. That's a lot of ketchup. All around. It had a, uh, a bunch of nominations as well uh, in the Asian Film Awards, the Blue Dragon Film Awards, which I know you're a big fan of, Sean. Oh, yeah. Even following those religiously for years. Um, Forever. It it's even. Big dynasty. Classic uh, horror magazine, Fangoria. They have their yearly Chainsaw Awards and actually won the best foreign film. Um, I don't know who it was going against, but I guarantee, like, uh, I've, I've seen not. Uh, a large amount of foreign films. Um, <laughs> most of the ones I've seen, I haven't been a big fan of. Uh, and I briefly touched on it in the Shaun of the Dead episode. I, I know they were speaking English, but even between American English and um, would it be considered old English, like UK English? Um, proper English. Yeah, proper English. That's the word I was looking for. That's why you're here, Sean. Um, <laughs> there's a disconnect there, but even when you get into other foreign like the only other really foreign movies that i've enjoyed that have been in different languages were uh you ever see enemy at the gates with the german snipers i don't believe so yeah we had to watch that one of our german classes before that was good but a lot of times it's hard to convey like the same emotions and get invested in the characters when you really even with subtitles you can't um really connect with them but this, uh, no issue at all. I don't know a lick of Korean, which uh, saying that slowly sounds kind of awkward. But <laughs> um, the, there was no like the acting so, so good. Like you, you could see the emotions, the, the sad parts like the it was it was it felt real like it literally immersed you in that situation and um i could easily say this is my favorite foreign movie i liked it a lot it was one of the better put together films uh that i have seen in a while yeah B- a big thing with it too is this is coming in 2016 where the zombie films uh were pretty much at the tail end of their resurgence it was starting to get very played out again and yeah. that might have put some people off from checking this out besides it being in a, another language where you have to uh, read the subtitles. Um, but if you're not checking it out, you're doing yourself a disservice there. It's, it def- I'd honestly say I've seen hundreds of zombie movies, and this, this is a top-tier one for sure. It's up there. 
Absolutely, uh, I agree. But I guess I guess we'll talk briefly what what we can with the cast. Um, the director, uh, I'll try saying his name, Sang Ho Yeon. Um, so his background, he's done some looks like animated Korean films, uh, as well as he did a prequel to Train to Busan, an animated one called Soul Station, which I heard wasn't wasn't too bad. I haven't checked it out. So I really can't say there um, as well as like what he has coming up on his plate here. He it released and I know it was going to release um, similar to Train to Busan here, the sequel to the movie called Peninsula, uh, like a limited release in the U.S. and then probably direct to video or whatever, ever it goes after that. But um, obviously with our real life pandemic. The, the plans were on hold there, but I guess it, it did release overseas and um, the early reviews are it, that it doesn't live up to this, but uh, I'll wait till I check it out to, to see that. But a lot of reputable sources uh, have had negative reviews on it. Um, but other than that, I don't know a single other thing he did, which they could be good. They could be bad, but um I'd honestly be willing. The one I'm definitely probably going to check out would be the Soul Station because it ties into this and, and it has some good reviews. Um, but I, I honestly, director-wise, based upon this, I mean, it's only one movie I've seen from him, but I'd be willing to check out his other works because he definitely crushed it on this. I, I really don't have anything negative to say about um, the way he frames shots, the performances he got from his characters. Uh, did he was he the writer on this as well? Let me see. He 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 definitely he worked on the screenplay for this as well. So it was a unique story, which is tough to do with zombies because they're mostly played out at this point. It's the the same same things over and over again. But he found a unique way to uh, frame it um, with the setting of the train and to keep it fresh and and come up with an interesting idea. So good for. Sang, sang, song, sang. I think it's sang. Yeah, he uh, he integrated some uh, slow down time, a couple times, kind of like a slow motion effect. I like um, at certain points of the movie, I like that. It was interesting. Um, it yeah, it was good. The score was good too. I don't like the way it kind of you know the interpret kind of like built anticipation at certain events and everything like that yeah they they sparingly used the uh music but in the parts that they used it 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 definitely built a strong sense of tension there like the the overhead shots of the train and they know that they're going into um an area they got radioed ahead that it's already been overtaken and so like combining that music and in the angles of the shot that sense of dread that, that definitely added to the story there for yeah. sure it would be interesting to know uh, and to check out the prequel because the way that the plot is, uh, it does kind of leave you uh, wanting more about, you know, what happened, you know, before. Because mm-hmm. the movie kind of like when they get on the train, it kind of, you know, kicks off like that's the first they've heard of this new mm-hmm. or seen this, you know, this zombie type state of people. So. And it, and it came from somewhere, so it'd be interesting to know to find out more about. Uh, you sort of find out during the yeah movie, they the they brief it. yeah they briefly mentioned. So I guess I'll, I'll just briefly talk about the the characters themselves because uh, these names are tough. Like the the main, um, the, the basically the two main characters. There's, there's a bunch of, of primary characters in that, but are the father um, played by Yu Gong. Uh, and the daughter played by Sue Ann Kim. Um, so the father, he's like a fund man- manager. Uh, and basically what it turns out is that one of the companies that they were working with funding, something like that, they created this. So it was created in a lab. Um, and he, he finds out that out briefly from one of his uh, I don't know. Was it a partner or was it like, it was his inter- I think it was his assistant. assistant, assistant. So, 
I liked that, how the information was relayed. Like they're pretty much trapped in the train while it's going. And the pieces of information they get are either from like cell phone video or the TVs they got on the cam or on the train, as well as the, the conductor of the train. Uh, He gets radioed in from like the different um, train stations and things like that. So I like how, you got the different pieces of information and that actually helps your mind to try to fill in some of the blanks. Like you're really wondering what's going on there. So like you're saying, like that would be an interesting um, reason to check out soul station because like, I'm not sure if it does, but I I, I assume so that it goes into what's going on on the outside. Cause you only see from the video clips in that bits and pieces you're getting from phone calls and stuff like that. As well as when they look outside the train, they could see things on fire, just just craziness going on. So it definitely gets your mind working there. So I I do like how it was framed like that, because there's that fear of the unknown. Like, what are we getting into? What's really going on out there? Are we going somewhere safe? So that definitely adds to it. But also at the same time, you'd like to see what was going on out there because of how crazy it was going on in this like confined, unique setting compared to like what's what was going on in a massive city because the the quickness that this infection spreads it's like instantly there's no like oh i got bit uh it's going to take place over a day a couple hours and then get sick it's like you get bit and then like 20 seconds later like you're up and running right uh so but but i guess basically back with the story there so the the daughter wants to go visit her mother the father's going to take her for, was it her birthday? Something. I think it was the daughter's yeah. birthday maybe. Yeah, it um, was. And then, so you, so they, through being on the train, they meet the other cast. There's a, a young baseball team coming back from one of their games along with the, the cheerleaders there. So, so they're on one of the cars there as well as a, uh, expecting couple um, with probably my favorite character. I'll, I'll try saying his name here. Cause his first name's great. His first name's Dong Siok Ma. <laughs> you just had to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm juvenile, but uh, <laughs> he he's the best. So he's like he's like looks like a, a like a bulkier, scrappier type guy. He has some funny lines, and there's interesting interaction between him uh, and the girl's father, the main girl's father. Infections first start taking over the train. He actually closes the door on them at one point, and then like so, there's like that tension between them, which I like how that's resolved. They work that out over time. Yeah, I just thought of another thing. I'm gonna add to my pros. <laughs> All right, but yeah, but they uh, so they're they're it's uh, Dong Siok Ma, and then Yumi Jun is his wife that's expecting their child, and then pretty much some of the other major players. There's a one of the attendance on the on the train that's trying to calm the people down and also relay information from the people to the conductor and then i would say your primary antagonist played by yoon song kim uh he's like a an older uh korean man that's a ceo of a company and all he cares about is his own personal life so that actually helps to frame the overall story here so it deals a lot with like classic zombie movies have more to it than just the zombies. Like the original night of the dead, the only kind of with racial tensions of the time, uh, day of the or dawn of the dead's dealing with like consumerism, the, uh, capitalism, things like that. Um, and this one, the overarching thing that's going in the back is there's a lot of class warfare. Like for example, at first, the, the bigger guy, um, that dong, he, I can't, I can't, I can't say it. Um, I'm just gonna from now on. I'm just gonna say like the tough uh, guy, the tough guy, tough guy is a good one. Put it, the tough guy, tough um, dong. When he finds out that the main character, the the little girl, her dad, um, who they already had an issue with, the two had an issue with, that he was a fund manager, and the tough guy's more like a, a working class guy that he. T- gets his preconceived notions about him. Some, some of them true, some of them false. And he, he, he comes, comes around on that. That that's yeah. an example of the class he, warfare. And then the, with the Yusang Kim, that, that CEO, the older guy where he only cares about himself and he's willing to let other people die just to make sure that he gets where he's going and he stays alive. Um, 
he sees since he's the COO of a company that he is superior to other people. So a lot of that's going on in the background while everyone's trying to survive. So there, there's a lot more to the story and it, it definitely adds to it as well. Yeah. Um, and a tough guy, he, uh, when he was talking to uh, the main guy's daughter, he, uh, she tells him he's a fund manager. Uh, he kind of like, he labeled him uh, like a, a bloodsucker is what he said. You know, he just like takes from people and money. And then whenever he's done with them, he's done with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So it goes, he's, you know, only thinking for himself, a little selfish type of guy. Yeah, and then even with the class warfare, I almost forgot about. But the he's like more mysterious, a, a homeless man that having a lot of uh, major scenes in the movie. But he that just shows how a lot of times he's an afterthought, and it actually shows in the story. Uh, Yu Gong's character, the father, he when he starts to realize that he has been a selfish person, he sees how how like pure and innocent his daughter is, and and when she even said the one point, like you only think about yourself, like, and then juxtapose that to the COO guy. And he realizes like, that's basically me. Like, that's what I will become if I just keep being like this. And um, there's a scene he goes back in a dangerous situation, actually saves the homeless guy. So that was shown growth in the character. Um, I just, I thought that was done really well too. Like that's, there's just, there's a lot going on here in, in this movie for being a movie about, surviving zombies on a train yeah uh, and I, do, I, i'll give a shout out too because obviously there's they can't list them all but the actors that play that perform as the zombies did an amazing job like i can't a lot of that choreography you have to think took like hours and hours and days to get right because they use a ton of practical effects. All the zombies are, are practical for the most part, unless it's like a crazy scene. But yeah. the, their movements and in, in the way that they react, like, it's done so well. And the, their movements are so creepy. They got that jerky, like, yeah, un, so, unhuman movement. So they could run. They could run fast. So they kind of have, like, that World War Z type mm-hmm. uh, zombie. But um, and they also, but they also kind of have, like, when they're not like chasing something, if they're kind of just like idle, they had that like kind of walking dead kind of just like real like fitchy, like fidgety, just like eh, like type thing. So, yeah, that's something else uh, I like that they kind of added to to their own. They made their zombies their own type there. So when it's dark out, like these are vision based zombies. So if it's dark out, it kind of calms them down and they can't really see you in the dark. So so that added a little bit to the story there. Specifically, like two, uh, if if they were in between the train cars and they closed the doors, they could um, like block out the door and like the zombies wouldn't know they were in. Like they block out because they're glass doors. Yeah, they were sliding doors too. They didn't know how yeah. to open them. They don't know how to open doors. Those dummies. They're like the ra- the raptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, but overall, that's pretty much. The majority of the cast there, uh, I just don't want to butcher their names, but you got the the primary two, the the father and the daughter. Then you got the tough guy and his expecting wife. You have the pretty much de facto bad guy there, the COO. Um, and then you have the young baseball team uh, along with their cheerleading section on one of the trains there that, that come into play. And there's there's another one that's worth mentioning is the two elderly sisters. Oh, um, you're right. I almost did forget them. They're not a huge part. I mean, like throughout the film, they didn't really say or do much. It's just their characters were like um, the one sister was very like uh, like nice and giving. I think um, what she she gave something to the daughter, like food or something. And I it think was, it was candy or something like yeah. that. Cause she offered her. Um, her her seat when they moved to another car and things were getting hectic uh she offered her her seat so that she could sit down because she said it reminded her of her grandma that was um her knees always hurt things like that yeah and her sister um was kind of like you know you should look out for yourself more you should you don't always have to be nice and everything and that came into play later so yeah yeah she actually she had a big part 
towards the end of it. So do you want to jump into the plot and kind of expand on the, um, all these dynamics? or that's I, I feel like more like people need to see the movie. Just go but, check it but, out. Yeah, yeah, but the overall plot-wise, it's um, a group of people stranded on the train, and they have to get to their destination while a zombie outbreak uh, is going on around them, as well as finds its way onto the train. The ending is very heart-wrenching, for sure. Very emotional. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, that, I heard you wh- watch it for yourself. I didn't. I did not. I heard it. I heard it. I did not. I did not. It's <laughs> bullshit. I did not. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> uh, so, from there, let's hop into our pros and cons. You want to you wanna lead us off here, Sean? Um, yeah, uh, one pro is, um, with the, the characters, they kind of had like a dynamic, they had like different dynamic reactions to the, this, you know, popping up zombie apocalypse that, you know, they're just now hearing about, like Mm -hmm. there, it wasn't like the, you know, it was on the news and they're on a train now and like, they kind of were like, what the hell is going on with like this like one person on the train and then all of a sudden like you know it starts biting people and then they return into zombies are like oh it's that so they kind of just like they figure out quick like yeah we kind of want to run from these people yeah because if they bite us we're gonna turn into it so yeah they that's so that's that's something that i had for my pros was the characters as well but expanding on that was that their actions were very authentic you know, you right. get a lot of a lot of That's times in these movies, these guys too, make yeah. stupid decisions and stuff like that, or they sit around and wait and stuff. And this was more like they recognize there's an issue, and they're like, yeah. "We got to survive." Right, and like it kind, of, it's kind of like the same pro, but it's like kind of it's like a new pro. So like a second pro is like there is like since there are always like these different characters, like there are many different um, personalities on what they would do and what they did do in certain situations. And it it, really, the movie makes you think like, while you're watching, I was, I was thinking hard Mm -hmm. to like what I would do in certain situations. Cause very early on, like you said, the uh, tough guy and his expecting wife are running. They're the, they're like the last ones. They're like the zombies. There's a bunch of them right on their back like running through the cars and then like all like the um, safe people are, you know, towards the front and they're shutting the door, the sliding door. And mm-hmm. then they see the tough guy and his expecting wife are the last ones and they're coming. And everyone likes are saying like, shut the door. And he pauses and hesitates for a second. And he's thinking, he's like, should I shut this door in this dude's face or should I, you know, just hold out and like, you know, risk not closing it in time. And then he hesitates and then, you know, he makes his decision and closes it. And then, uh, it was actually his daughter that says, I know him. Like, it's the one that like, he was like talking to and mm-hmm. like helped her out. So, uh, he had, a he did eventually let him in. So, but he at first made what turns out to be a wrong decision at yeah. first. And it, his daughter was, you know, was what, was the one that was like you, you gotta yeah. let him in yeah but, and the like, tough most... guy even said to like I, you owe me an apology like and, yeah and, but they, and there was that tension in. between them but that that leads to the one that i wrote down when i was thinking about when we were talking earlier um we talked about the last episode in the arc how there was like potential there in story arcs but a lot didn't play out like i felt like all these different characters like you're saying with the different situa- situations and how they react and how they react with each other I felt like all their story arcs got to play out in interesting ways. And, exactly. And and that was something I enjoyed seeing. Like it, it made it, 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 it invested you in the character, especially with, with that many different characters. Right. There's a character that I can't remember. Like the last time I wanted someone to die so bad in a movie. So like that, like I wanted this one dude to just die quick and painful because he is such an asshole. Was it the CEO? So, oh, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, like I, I was like praying for, but I won't give any spoilers what happens to him. But um, yeah, and there's like the, that's basically the whole like there's a bunch of different moral, I guess is what I'm looking like. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of moral interactions and moral uh, obstacles 
that are in this movie and like you said like the characters do have like a really distinctive arc and that's difficult because each care like there's a lot of characters and you know they're only getting a couple minutes throughout the movie of screen time where you can yeah. you know where you can actually like be able to i feel i felt like the story did show him, it did them justice and and that's that's definitely a credit to the director and the, and the screenplay there is because yeah. he was able to to give those most of the characters satisfying arcs there um and then, i guess going back to the characters again you brought up another thing that i was thinking about so when you're talking about the moral choices and things like that there's a situation where they get to so the zombies are on their back. They're trying to hold them off and they get to another door where there's other crew members. They could let them in and they didn't want to let them in. They finally get in there and then the other people want to make them leave because they don't know if they're infected and stuff like that. And it's like, right. we, we know that if you bit, you're infected in like 20 seconds, but this is happening in real yeah. time for them. So they don't know what the actual process is. And, and that's yeah. when talking about um, morality and class warfare and mob mentality like the the bad dude the coo was able to convince them that these people might be infected or it's dangerous if they stay there and then the right the rest, other all of a sudden one other guy speaks up another guy next thing you know the whole group's against them and it's like that that's kind of how it would happen like just look at how we are in modern times with should you wear a mask should you not this group yelling at this people these people harassing this people like that's it's authentic. It's realistic. And that's, that's something that helps you to be immersed in the story there. That's what I was literally thinking. Like that, that scene right there is like basically what I, when I watched it again, I was like, this is what it is today. Like, this is exactly what would happen. Like they're running for their lives and you're already in a safe spot. And the people in the safe spot don't want to help the other people Mm because there's only just like a few of them. And they eventually do like break in and they immediately are like, you you got to get out of here. Yeah. And and they had like the one girl wanted them was trying to let them in, but they like literally like grabbed her and like held her back and like closed off her mouth and everything, so she couldn't like it, like you know mm-hmm. yell at them through the door or something. So like they literally they uh I was watching I was like this is probably like what How would, it would play out yeah yeah like the the like a, like today like if you got a group of people that were like kind of bunkered down in a safe spot you know no matter if it was on a train or not if they if they had like a you know a fort or anything and you know people were like you know about you know, out there running for their lives they if they had enough people they'd be like you know what we're safe in here you're gonna have to find your own yeah oh definitely and that's that's something like where where the fear of the unknown like plays in a lot, like no one really knows what's going on. And you can even yeah. in, in our modern times, like when looking, when people are just, when you don't know and you start making decisions based upon how you feel and how you think something's going to turn out, like it could lead you down the wrong path. It's it's that, that just was, I, I thought that was a huge scene in the movie where it just pulls you in. It's like, you're thinking like, Oh shit. Like, what would happen if you were in this situation? So, and that's like those group of people, they made their decision where they're in a safe spot. They're not going to help anyone. And everyone else is kind of just like, you know, everyone else that's sorry, they're on their own. And then you had the, uh, the point, the part of the movie right before that, when you had the tough guy and uh, one of the baseball guys and um, the main guy, the main father, all three of them were in a safe spot, but his daughter and the tough guy's wife were in a different uh, train. They called him up, and they're in a different car. They're like five cars they're away. Trapped, yeah, trapped in the bathroom. So they made the decision, like, all right, we're safe here, but you know, we, you've, you know, it's family and everything. Like, we need to, you know, stick yeah. together. They're like, they have that like kind of community mentality where like the only way we're going to get through this is if we help together. Yeah. We're all in this together Yeah, where you can see where the other side, the other side comes in too, is like they're together in that other car. Like it's working for us now. Like why risk bringing other people? Like it's, it's a, it's a tough one when you're in a life or death situation, like things change, man. Like that's, but I I felt like that, that felt very authentic. And and that definitely is, is one of the, one of the best scenes in the movie. I thought Um, it is. But speaking of the- scenes, I was thinking of things I've never seen 
in a zombie movie like adding adding to this like that, that made it unique how about that one scene where they cut to the the helicopter was flying overhead and the zombies were hanging on the side of it. Next thing you know, they fall off the side of it and there's people just in the parking lot and they fall on the cars and stuff. And the people are like, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. And then they, they get up, they get up off the cars after falling off a helicopter and started attacking them. Yeah. I was, I was like, I haven't seen this in a zombie movie before. It's the first time I saw it. I didn't get why the thing spread. Like I knew the company, a company like, was like the responsible for it and i kind of felt like they did it on purpose and were throwing people out of the helicopter into society like infected people on purpose but when i watched it the second time i kind of was like oh, i think they're just falling out <laughs> or yeah. jumping out yeah really. they were like hanging on when it took off and they fell off yeah um, but I, I thought they yeah, were getting I'm, the, I can't remember. Which would not be that'd be an interesting way, like, hey, we're gonna spread this virus for whatever reason or this zombie virus, and we're just gonna fly over people and throw the zombies out. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way than that. <laughs> it's, it's, not if they pop right back up. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's something with these zombies, they were pretty indestructible. I know we were talking about it before we started recording, but um like the, your standard zombie, you destroy their brain, destroy their head, and they're they're dead. Like these ones are like I. You said it the best. I don't think they actually like killed any of them. No. Um. And one of the another one of my pros was the one scene where they they're five cars away from you know their family and they gotta go through five like five cars and it was basically almost set up like a video game with levels. Like a gaunt, being, yeah, like a gaunt yeah, zombies. And and it it the uh, they're they're. They uh, go through like the luggage and the cars and they find like tape and everything and they take off like their jackets and they tape up their, you know, forearms and arms and they have like a riot shield and a baseball bat. And there's kind of like that. They did that like low angle shot where they open the first sliding door, the three of them, and they're like, <laughs> OK, it's time to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the one scene when they pulled into the one station at first and they were supposed to meet there and the army was going to pick them up and it was abandoned. So they get out of the train and they're like walking down and the the dad, he he like pulls his daughter aside because he called ahead to one of his contacts and they were going to get a special escort out of there. So they didn't have to go through the quarantine and the other groups going down the escalator. And while they're going off the side and the homeless guy said he he overheard the phone call. So he's going with them and they're like trying to say, I'll leave him behind. Out of the corner, a guy stumbles around the corner and and you think, oh, like that looks like a military guy, and then it turns out like the zombie runs around a corner and bites that guy. I just I liked how that scene was done, and then it turns out when they're going out the front of the escalator, there's like a hundred, two hundred military zombies out front, and they're they start chasing them back up the escalator. And I don't know why it reminded me of that one yeah. Mitch, Hed- Mitch Hedberg joke <laughs> about the escalators. Oh yeah, escalators can't break; they just yeah. become stairs. Well, see, that's that's that that whole scene because they had a whole train full of people and up until that point only like a couple dozen of them were actually infected basically most of the train up until that station was you know safe because they all like ran to the back and you know only a few dozen were infected and then when they got out of the train you know there's a, a whole mess of them and uh that narrowed down the numbers. They eventually, you know, ran back when they, you know, saw the huge mob of military zombies. They ran back on the train, and that's when you only had a handful of people mm-hmm. left. Yeah, because a lot of them got taken. That was that was wild. There, the um, yeah, and that was like they were on an one escalator thing, like, going like we were... down. That's that'd be like with a bunch of people around, be one of the worst spots to be. Yeah, that's because <laughs> you well, can't that, just immediately turn around and just start making headway. So, like, saying how, like, this movie made you think, like, there was two two scenes that made me think, um, like, what I would do in that situation. So, that escalator one, I saw a couple of guys do this, but this is what I would do, is there was the stairs that broke up the two escalators in the middle. Like, yeah. I wouldn't jump on the stairs because they were already coming up fast, but I would use the rail on the stairs and, like, walk on the metal part of the escalator and run straight up that. Like that, yeah. that would be my strategy. And then the other one I thought about is what would suck because the baseball team were trying to fight off the zombies with bats on the train. And like there's just the rows of seats in that small um, alleyway in the middle, like where you walk the, I guess, aisle. 
and yeah. it, I was thinking that would suck, like because I'm like a like a bigger dude, like I wouldn't be able to even swing the bat. You'd have to be like trying to like jab at him, and then you're like in tight. And that'd be terrible. Well, but yeah, but that's why my hitting coach always told me to keep my my hands in tight tight compact swings <laughs> tight compact swing <laughs> well in the, I, in the asian leagues they're known for their bunting so they'd be good just little bunts they just do a little they, they slap it they go opposite way hey a hit's a hit that yeah. drives runs in actually there's a good ichiro story uh i think it was uh when he was on the mariners um it was his rookie season I forget who the manager was in the Mariners at the time, but it was during batting practice. It's like halfway through the season or something. And uh, Ichi was just about done with batting practice. And the manager comes out and goes, no, you're going to keep here and swinging until I see you pull the ball. <laughs> and, and he says, I want you to, to pull the ball like, you know, 10 times in a row just to see if he could. And Ichiro just goes, just watch. And he ends up like bombing the next three, like pitches out, like bombing them out of the stadium and then just walks away. It's like, if I could pull the ball if I wanted to pull the ball. Yeah. That's not how I want to do it. Yeah. He's hitting to get on bay. Like, dude, Ichiro is the fucking man. Yeah. He was probably the, he probably is the, one of the best all around base players of all time. Mm-hmm. The man was insanely good at catching the ball and robbing home runs, you know, tracking down balls in the outfield, and one of the best arms ever. Yeah, and like, he wasn't he like one of these. He wasn't a. He wasn't one of these roided up idiots that just like they're so massive if they make contact they're crushing the ball, but they're also striking out three out of four times. Like he was, he was, he was a complete baseball player. Absolutely. All right, All back, right. back to hey, that's that's one of our pros, Ichiro, complete baseball. Player. I love Ichiro. He's not Korean. I'm pretty sure he's Japanese, but still. he is Japanese. There's ba- there's baseball players in this. <laughs> um, but I only got like two more items of note here. One shout out again: the zombie actors were amazing in this, dude. They were actually scary, like they're jerky, unhuman like motions. I, I can't imagine how long it took them to get that choreographed, but it it, it was awesome. It, it definitely added to it. Um, and then my only little con was uh, some of their CGI wasn't bad, but I something about this, and this goes back to World War Z, I don't like the concept of like the zombies piling up and then they're like rolling over each other like a, like a map, you know, like that's not like how, like, I, yeah, I get it that they're zombies and they're amped up and like they can't feel pain to keep going like that, but like there's, you still wouldn't generate leverage. Like if they run into each other, you're piling up and it, it, you wouldn't just keep moving. It would like slow your momentum, and it would it cause a clusterfuck. Like I just I hate those, and those scenes are obviously CGI. Like, but I don't. I, I'm not a fan of that. But that was my only really on with this, and it's not nothing major. It's only it's only in the the movie a little bit there. But uh, and yeah. then uh, there's other CGI that was was done well. Like uh, the, there's a train, uh, one of the another train on a different track crashes. Like that that actually looked pretty decent for CGI. Especially with the movie that's budget was only eight million, but yeah, that that just that wonky like the mob of zombies rolling each other and keep going like it kind of takes you out of it because it's so like obviously not unrealistic like yeah you, you know what I'm getting to the point where someone can get infected with the disease and turn into a crazy person that's that's still realistic <laughs> to me but when, <laughs> yeah. when you disregard like physics and stuff when people are just they run into each other and just climbing over each other and. I don't know. It just takes me out of it. No, yeah, I agree. Um, I had just one con. Um, wasn't really a big, big one. Um, because they eventually kind of did do cool things with it. But when you mentioned before, they're them not being able to see and the the zombies not being able to see in the dark. They go through a tunnel and all of a sudden, you know, their vision's gone. Like it got a little gimmicky because, uh, they would. Uh, the one train, it was full of like all the baseball players, teammates. They were like handing it to them. Like the zombies were like, they were like on top of them about to, you know, bite them and everything. And then they went through a tunnel and they immediately just stopped. Like, well, you still know they're there. They're yeah. kind of holding on to you. You wouldn't just stop. So, and it wasn't even completely dark, you know, it's a tunnel. You still can see. Yeah. So, they must be like really like low light sensitive, but it just goes kind of gimmicky how they would just completely stop and kind of like, 
I would figure that like if you they still like if they heard a sound they would you know go after it, which makes sense. But you would yeah. still think that they can like sense it, like smell it or anything, or like feet, like you know, just think know that something's like right next to you. But no, they were just completely blind when it was just a little bit dark. Yeah, I, so I agree was, with you that was, on that. Like, I like that, that they they call. added their own little twist to like there's the way their zombies are. But but you are right; it did get a little bit gimmicky. Like when they had them, like they had all three of them like pinned down, and they hit the tunnel, and then yeah, and, and they, they just stopped. stopped. And then after so, they show like if a noise is made or something falls, like they go running towards that. Yeah. So what I did like though, what they did cool with it is they did go through another tunnel and they came up with the idea to crawl along the uh overhead luggage space so and they were able to do that because they, they were in a tunnel and weren't mm-hmm. be able to you know see them so i did like that that was innovative you know yeah i liked i liked how they they when anytime there was a problem the ways that they 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 went about logical ways of of solving it and getting through there i just i like yeah. when characters make logical decisions yeah I do uh, too. <laughs> right. Well, any other pros? Con nothing. Just a cool scene was like how you like like how we said there was like a baseball team, and after the station that was swarmed with military zombies, uh, there's only the one cheerleader and um, the guy, the one baseball player, and then when they were trying to make their way through the cars, one of the cars was just filled with his teammates, like they're all zombies, and that was kind of like a holy fuck moment. Like these are your friends and you yeah, know, like, so they're, you're, you're the, going to have to fight through them. And he the, didn't, he kind of just stood there. They, and they kind of, the main characters kind of recognized that right away and kind of pushed him to the back of them. And they mm-hmm. were basically like, we both will take care of this. Yeah. And that, that, that felt like a realistic reaction too. Like that was just his buddies that he was just like bullshit with on the train. Yeah. And like, and the next thing you know, like you're going to have to try yeah, to fight so- off zombified versions of your friend yeah and the camera zooms in on him and he's like has this like utter shock and he's shaking face because he's like gripping the bat and he, he doesn't know what to do and like that's like a, that's a real moment because if you're on a train with you know teammates or a bunch of your friends mm-hmm. or even family and it's one thing that you know they die it's another thing that oh, they're dead and now they're trying to kill you that's and... why that's why i found it easiest if you have um teammates that you no, don't like no friends <laughs> yeah if you have teammates that you don't like then it'd be easy like there's uh there's some hockey teams i've been on where i wouldn't i wouldn't hesitate <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh it's easier to go through life with no friends that's what i always say don't <laughs> hurt your feelings i'll do i'll do you a favor sean if you ever turn into a zombie i'll crack you with a baseball bat <laughs> thanks man nah i'm just kidding I own, i'm just kidding i own guns <laughs> I'd, I'd be like you know what he would want me to do this <laughs> like likewise if i turn into a zombie make sure you get me i thought about that too like can you imagine like brock lesnar as a zombie though holy shit <laughs> okay so here's the thing here's a question with zombie movies okay so you have obviously people are stronger than other people and people are heavier than other people is that metric carry over to being a zombie or is there just one uniform strength for I, zombies? I guess it just depends on what type of zombie you have. Like there's certain ones like return of the living dead that are like fast and super strong and stuff like that. And there's other ones like the original night of the living dead. Like if you get a bunch of them together, they could do stuff, but individually like they're no threat, but it, I guess a, it just depends. A Brock Lesnar zombie, man. That dude, that zombie would be one. Well, that's the thing. Bit. Typically, so the zombies don't feel pain, and then like they have like an adrenaline boost, and they don't get tired. So like, <laughs> you're gonna need something to stop that. Like that'd be terrifying. It'd be like the yeah. Hulk running at you. He's got like extra fucking mass to him too. <laughs> like he's a big dude. <laughs> like what are you gonna do? You're not gonna push it over. You That's can't. something I was thinking about. I always like to think, like, oh, if I was in a zombie situation, I'd, I'd survive. But I thought realistically, I wouldn't be the person that get would, would get trapped and get eaten. But I'd probably like at some point accidentally get bit or something. So I know at least. Oh yeah. I'd, if hand to hand combat, yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to think because normally you fight like a normal. I mean, I got a storm- person. Like, I got a stormtrooper outfit. I mean, that's that's hard plastic. I don't know if you'd bite through that. 
And that's head to toe. That's <laughs> I think I might be all right if I get in that thing. <laughs> Dude, if I saw you out on Rowdy, damn Stormtrooper <laughs> outfit. Dude, and you know you always gotta paint things for apocalypse style. I just, I just imagine coming up with like a paint scheme for the stormtrooper outfit for the apocalypse. <laughs> it's, yeah, you it's just like you, painting it all like ashy gray and whatever. Just, just throw like a bloody handprint up on there. You're set. Just like in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Other than that, I think that's our pros and cons there. So let's hop into ratings and recommendations. Obviously, you can tell um, by all the praise that we've we've thrown toward this movie so far. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend this. Um, but I am going to say I could see where a big chunk of people would be turned off based upon like having to read subtitles and it, it being a foreign film in Korean. But I would say I'm not the biggest fan of subtitles, but I definitely look past that. Just the performances that the actors put out there, they convey the emotions so well that it's something that you could pick up on even without understanding the language. Specifically, I, I, I should have said it in the pros and cons stuff, but the, the young girl, Sue Ann Kim, her acting was so good in this. Like, she did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Especially like the, later in the movie, that one, she's, like, hysterical and, like, screaming. Like, that that seemed real to me. Like, I don't know if they, they, they like, punched her or something on the set, but she was, <laughs> she was distraught. But I, I would recommend this if you're a fan of the zombie genre, horror movies in general. If you're looking for something unique, new, and entertaining... I mean, it did come out four years ago, but I feel like uh, a big chunk of people still haven't seen this. Yeah, and with the new pandemic, you gotta you gotta check out biology and pandemic and zombie type movies. Yeah, how pretty much how how it's gonna turn out for you. This is this is a yeah. glimpse into the future. Yeah, but um, yeah, if you're a fan of any of those type of, of movies. Uh, another little drawback it is pretty long it's like two hours long um but let's be honest no one's restaurants aren't open you got nothing else to cook up some dinner throw this on watch this movie uh ratings wise i'm gonna give this 9.2 out of 10 it's i this is this is a movie i like a lot i wish more people would see it i can't get other people to watch it it's it's tough it's a it's a battle but if you're listening to this haven't seen it yet check it out for sure I would uh, I would recommend this movie definitely to the big zombie fans out there. Obviously, yeah, it's a top. Like I said before, top tier zombie movie. Like it's up there with the greats. Absolutely, not a movie that you would want to throw on at a party. It's not that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. A lot of reading involved. Yeah, yeah. So fuck, uh, fuck you, don't Boog. listen to if if Boog ever says to throw it. If you're at a party, if you find yourself at a party with Boog. First of all, what are you doing at a party with Book? <laughs> Second, and he, he, if he suggests to, hey, let's throw on Train to Busan, just be like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch this in my free time. You know how many but, times I try to get him to watch this movie? It's like pulling teeth, know. dude. It's like pulling teeth. Well, yeah. See, we were actually, it's funny, we were sitting around a campfire when I was like, hey, you ever see Train to Busan? <laughs> I was like, you, I literally was like, that was one of those moments. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah but um yeah definitely the the real uh the real big zombie heads are gonna lo- i i could you know i have a couple friends that are huge you know zombie fans and all and everything like that i thought you were gonna so say fun. you have a couple friends that are zombies i was like that seems like an issue <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ch- uh th- yeah th- that's uh that's what i would recommend it to um as for a score um i'm going high again i'll give it an 8.9 Solid, solid score. 9.2, 8.9. I'm not going to do the average because I'm not a numbers guy, but uh, I'm pretty sure check, it's a check 9. it out. Oh, 9.05. Oh, yeah, something small. <laughs> something small there. But uh, watch, watch this fucking movie, all right? <laughs> Definitely. All right, other than that, uh, let's wrap this uh, thing up here. All right, so just wrapping it up here, we'll just go down a few things. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, 
Um, send us an email at huntershorrorvision at gmail.com. Uh, super responsive. Uh, we, we get all kinds of emails. Uh, sometimes suggestions, sometimes just garbage, but we like them all nonetheless. So reach out to us there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's just at horrorvision. Shoot us a DM. We're always posting stuff up on there. Um, so give us a follow there. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, Hunter's Horror Vision. Um, we always say we're going to post more things to that, but uh, uh, we got a couple things down the pipeline there. Um, also, if you are interested in listening on a different platform, um, we're on Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Google Play. I'm forgetting one there. Oh, like Apple iTunes, like uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, as well as in the future, um, we're working on one more. We got to we have we have a tough tough decision to make, Sean. If if we're gonna join this one because they're getting a lot of backlash, but um, we may be coming to some more services here in the near future. Um, also, if you wanted to, they are the edited episodes are posted to YouTube as well, which if you're listening to podcasts on YouTube, like, Hey, to each their own, but you're a fucking strange cat. Uh, I listen uh, to Joe Rogan on YouTube a lot. Uh, all right. uh, I, I look at the clips. I like watching the videos, but we don't have a video. Maybe we'll get a video recording. Do you look at our ugly bugs? That'd uh, be nice. Other than that's all I got. Uh, Sean, you want to plug your uh, upcoming podcast here? Uh, yeah, so I have a, a podcast um, that's going to be dropping soon. Um, might do a couple episodes at once, um, but it's called First One of the Day. Uh, also, you can email it um, with any topic suggestions or any questions or anything at first, the number one, and then of the day at gmail.com. Twitter is at first, the number one of the day, at, and uh you can look it up on YouTube as well. First one of the day with Sean P um, on YouTube. And uh, John, you're a regular guest on that, or you will be. So any fans of uh, this podcast, you definitely will be a fan of uh, the first one of the day as well. I hope so, because uh, I'm the producer on that. <laughs> yeah. We got the tools. We got the talent. It's Miller time. That's a little Ghostbusters for you. I don't know if you know. You know that I know that you know. But uh, anything else? You got anything else, Sean? Um, no. Pretty much got it all. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on again. Um, it's going to be a more consistent thing here. We got a couple more coming up in the future. A uh, couple, couple good ones. Maybe a couple of bad ones. Never, no one ever knows. Hey, that's that's uh, that's why Perception we do it. It's reality. Uh, possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other than that, uh, listen to uh, the outro music. Check you later. <laughs>